Greetings, wonderful soul, beautiful, magnificent being. I hope that wherever you are in this world, you are doing fantastic. I'm sending you all of my love, well wishes, good vibes through the airwaves, wishing you nothing but the best. We've got a truly amazing episode for you today. We've got Dr. Q Collins on, and we are talking about the most powerful and unknown health and performance hack, low deuterium water. This is a fantastic episode. When I was sent Dr. Q's bio, it was clear that he was brilliant and he has accomplished a massive deal. So we go into a lot of information and details in this show. We talk about Dr. Q's background, working with cancer patients, the importance of gut health, the importance of sleep. He explains deuterium. We talk about optimizing our body, why fixing symptoms never work. We talk about Wim Hof, the power of breath, hyperbaric chambers, how Dr. Q went on a 72-day fast all of a sudden, uh, you know, and he just kind of glosses over that. It's a really amazing story in itself. And we talk about upgrading systems, upgrading society, and exploring some big questions. So this is a fantastic episode. I know that you're really going to enjoy it. Um, If you want to support the show, please share this episode, leave a review in iTunes, consider becoming a patron, or if you want to join the academy, you're going to get access to the amazing Soul Compass course. It is a step-by-step master system for overcoming self-sabotage, strengthening your connection with spirit, and designing and living the life of your dreams. This is a compilation of all the podcasts and personal research and spirituality, conscious creation, and personal development made very simple so you can really connect to your inner guidance system and navigate your life with purpose, with meaning, with direction and fulfillment using all the tools available to you as a creator. So it's a phenomenal course. You can get it free with the Academy. And in the Academy, you also get guided meditations, brainwave entrainment, exclusive content from guests and so much more. So I'd love to have you over in the Academy. You can find it at mattbelair.com or you can go to bit.ly forward slash mind body spirit 21 um for those of you guys who want to dive a little bit deeper and you want to explore some one-on-one coaching just go to mattbelair.com forward slash coaching would love to work with you one-on-one helping you build your dreams step by step whether you're on the beginning of the journey or you've already accomplished quite a bit and you're looking for those tools that separate you know the good from the great that one percent those peak performers and if you're interested in that uh, just go to mattbelair.com forward slash coaching happy to help you out Also, if you want to explore Dr. Q's work, he is offering free consultations. Go to www.ddcenters.com forward slash Zen athlete. If you go there, he's going to offer you a free consultation. Him and his team, they'll talk about deuterium uh, health and all the things that they do over there. He goes into it in the podcast a little bit, but um, as you'll see during the show, it's some truly extraordinary stuff and uh, I'm excited to get into it a little bit more myself, but there is a challenge that they're working on right now is actually accessing Um, the deuterium in Canada. So I'm looking into it. I'm excited about it and we're in touch. And so if you want to uh, check that out yourself, just go to um, ddcenters.com forward slash Zen athlete. And the last and most important thing, if you want to support the show, please do one kind act wherever you are in the world today. Even better, take the kindness challenge and do three kind acts Go out of your way to do them and don't tell anybody. Do them for a week and hopefully you will experience a universal wink. Uh, something weird will happen just for you to realize that uh, 
it's important for us to be good human beings so you can pay it forward get somebody's name, pick up a piece of trash, say a kind word, write an old friend, be encouraging and supportive, listening to someone. Just do anything you can to do an act of kindness in the world you are today. And that's it. So let's wrap it up by coming into a state of peace and coherence. Wherever you are in the world, just stop what you're doing. Take in a deep breath in through your nose. Hold that breath and let it out slowly, filling every cell, muscle, fiber, and atom of your being with peace, joy, contentment, courage, inspiration, connection, and ready to take on this amazing episode with Dr. Q Collins. Hello and welcome to the Mastermind Body and Spirit Show. I'm your host, Matt Belair. Today's guest is the co-founder and principal investigator for the Center for Deuterium Depletion, the first clinic in the world to use deuterium and tracer technologies to describe and follow athletic performance, as well as the health status of patients with metabolic disorders such as cancer, diabetes, and autoimmune disorders. He is the former principal investigator of Epigenics Foundation, this nonprofit organization created by the founder of Quest Nutrition, promotes research to prevent and ameliorate disease, maximize quality of life, and improve personal performance. He is the co-founder and former principal investigator of the Keto Pet Sanctuary, a 53-acre ranch outside Austin, Texas, that uses the ketogenic diet and other metabolic therapies with and without standard of care to treat dogs with naturally occurring cancer. Welcome to the show, Dr. Q. Collins. Well, thank you very much, Matt. This is so cool, man. I'm really stoked. Yeah, I'm, I'm so excited to have you on. I know your background is incredibly diverse. You know, I've had a chance to look at your work a little bit and just I know that it runs deep. So why don't you give us a little background on, on some of the things that you've done? Because I know it's a long list and I really want to get into. <laughs> uh, I heard you, you're telling me you did a seven hour podcast with Luke Story. So um, there's I know it goes deep. So why don't you give us a little bit about your background? Well, I'll give you a little bit. So I'm a, I am what, of what you would call, everybody's always heard of integrated medicine. Well, I'm an actually integrated scientist. And what that means is I have advanced degrees in clinical immunology, metaphysics, which is a philosophy of life, uh, an epidemiology degree, a degree in bioengineering, um, uh, and also in drug development, and also in economics with the whole idea of this being my entire life to understand how things work. <laughs> that's what metaphysics is the, the, is the study of how things work. That's really what it is. And that's the way my mind has always, always been. And from a very diverse background, you to say, coming from a, as a, as like the jerk, right? I was born a poor black child in Mississippi. So <laughs> but it's a, if you don't know the movie reference, that sounds dumb. But anyway, the idea being, <laughs> I never expected to be the person I am today, but I believe that all things happen for a reason, even if you don't know what they are. And so today, um, what I've done, the last eight years, we've been, we founded the Center for Deuterium Depletion, which studies the relationship between deuterium um, and health, um, physical wellness, athletic performance, before then, I've been a pro athlete. <laughs> I've, I've worked for major pharmaceutical companies. I've worked on projects with the Army. I've done quite a bit, but always focused on how to be, always focused on health and how to get health 
for everyone. So from the poorest individual on the planet to the people that have the most money in the world. That's amazing. I think that's definitely the, the brief version. And so with, with your work for deuterium depletion, it's something that I had no idea about until I looked at the website. And so why don't you just walk us through that a little bit? It's, is this a, an epidemic? Is this something that's common? You know, like what's the so, deal with it? Very cool. <laughs> that's a terribly worded question. What's the deal? <laughs> no, I like it. Well, here, here's what it is. So deuterium is simply the, think of it being the fat cousin of, a, of hydrogen. So it's just an element. Hydrogen, it naturally exists. It's not a toxin. It's not a poison. It is just hydrogen. And so it happens away twice as much as regular hydrogen. So that makes it twice as big. Now, as everybody, hydrogen, is, as everybody understands, is the element that is the most ubiquitous and the, the biggest quantity of hydrogen that makes up everything. Hydrogens are about 66%. 60 to 66% of who we are. So, and we always think of it in terms of water, H2O. And we all know that the earth, just like people, are 60 to 70% water. So that's hydrogen. However, deuterium, which is twice as big, is a very rare form of hydrogen, which is only about one out of every 6,666, 6, or one out of a million are, are, is, is a hydrogen molecule okay it's a hydrogen element excuse me that sounds cool let's say now the difference between these two things is this deuterium has a when water has deuterium in it it's called heavy water it has a different boiling point a different freezing point a different it, it's it's different has completely different physical characteristics and we've been knowing this for a hundred years the first nobel prize for deuterium was given back in the 30s and the last one was in 2018. What we found out now we, is that the way the body works, we talk about metabolism and mitochondria, we were always worried about food and all these things. Well, all your body does is take the hydrogen out of your food, puts into your mitochondria, and is it that flow of hydrogens go across the mitochondria, that's how you make ATP and energy on these little things called nanomotors. So we always heard about the mitochondria being the powerhouse of the cell. Well, that's true, but it's really not, it's really think of it as a bus with a, with a thousand engines. So every, every cell has thousands of mitochondria and every mitochondria has tens of thousands of these tiny little nanomotors that make ATP. And so it's a hydrogen, as you eat and the hydrogens come across, they make energy, they make energy, they make energy. And every time they make energy, this ATP, they also make water to the point that we make about 60 pounds of energy from the food you eat every day and about 3,000 gallons of water. We just never see it because we use it up just to survive. So what we've done is, is being able to come up with different tests to measure deuterium. And what we've been able to find out is there's a relationship between the ratios in your body of deuterium to hydrogen. And if you're well, sick, have disease, have anxiety, depression, can't sleep. These ratios are the things that determine it because if we deplete deuterium, then we can make all of those things or most of them go away. 
Interesting. And so what are the, what are the main uses? I know that you're working with cancer patients and, and people are really ill. Is it having a great effect on the recovery? Like, what can you say about that? So, yeah. So we've had over 10,000 cancer patients. So this is very, we, we always say we're an overnight success after 30 years. So we, it's a very, very old science. We've, and we had, we've had great success with cancer. We've had two clinical trials or two clinical trials have been done with this in Europe. We have a clinical trial that we're trying to get set up in the United States for cancer. But I also like to go to the next step of saying, really what we try to do with this, if you think about this, this is really what I say, giving energy to make a better you, okay? So by lowering the deuterium levels and allowing your body to make energy, then you're gonna have more power to think better, to be more resilient emotionally, socially, physically, uh, cognitively, and then that means you can recover. So it makes things like your chemo work better, your radiation work better, your breathing techniques work better. The reason that works like that is, it's not only does it make your energy, but those hydrogens are the things that hold your body together. Think of them as like screws, right, or nuts. And like you're building a Lincoln log or Legos. And if you get a Lego that's twice as big, then the shape of what you make is gonna be different. And so everything like your enzymes and your hormones all are, all are dependent on how much deuterium you have in your body. So if you have too much in you, then your insulin doesn't work because your receptors don't quite have the same shape. Or you can't think as well because those molecules that you need to think don't work quite as well. They like don't brain have the right fog? shape. Yes, brain yeah. fog is one of the yeah. things that we are, we're able to treat with brain fog just by depleting your deuterium. And this is not just for, it's yes, it helps with dysfunction, but we have athletes. Where some of our athletes, we won six gold medals in the last Olympics of people that were using our protocols for deuterium depletion. We have pro basketball players. We have pro football players. We have pro baseball players, actresses. We have a lot of people doing this. And the reason I like that is they do it for what they want to do it. I look at it from the standpoint of it's able to prevent cancer. That's my, that is my thing. And if I can prevent it, then you're going to have a, you know, everybody's going to be happy. And most, since maybe your crowd doesn't know a lot about my story, as even an immunologist, a clinical immunologist, one of my PhDs, I actually lost my wife and my daughter to cancer. And so even with all those answers, I didn't have an answer when it became their time. And that's what's led me now down to this next part of my life, understanding how I screwed up and how, how I, what I didn't know. So the next person won't lose their wife or their daughter. Holy crap, man. Well, that's awful. And I want to give you a huge hug. You know, I have a, I'm so sorry to hear that. I have a, you know, partner and a daughter now and, and uh, that would be hard. Yeah, so. It is. It's amazingly hard. <sighs> Shit, dude. Um, well, I'm sorry to hear that. And I appreciate that you're, you know, working so hard to find a solution. You know, I think I like conspiracy stuff, you know, that, <laughs> and, you know, I remember um, one of these old South parks where it was like the solution to HIV or AIDS was uh, just all this money in a blender or something like that. And so some of the things like all this money is going to cancer, how come there are no solutions? So what's going on here? So um, for what you found, like if somebody, I guess if they have cancer, what kind of results are you, you getting? And then I definitely want to go into the, the human performance side because I'm very interested in that. 
Um, and I was curious as a, I'll throw it in there just cause it's what's off the top of my head. Um, I heard that dementia and, and things like that are getting a lot worse. Some people attribute it to maybe uh, cell phone radiation or things like that, maybe diet and our, our terrible diet, like glyphosate, um, fluoride in the water, all those types of things, just really poor diet having an effect over time. So I'm curious if it has any effect there. And then I'm just going to throw in another one. Um, how do we, how do we get into this? How do we use it? Is it expensive? Do I get like tablets? Like how do I, how do I start using it? You know, <laughs> because I, you know, I definitely want to optimize. Well, that's, those are all good questions. And if I miss something, just go back to it. So I have a lot of my friends out there that are like, you know, Joe Mercola and I know he's been there talking about 5G and all these things. Well, what we see is that the, the commonality between this, increase in cancer, this increase in diabetes. We always talk about food. We talk about the way food's grown. We talk about 5G. We talk about not getting up. We talk about not being able to sleep. Those things are all true. We all know what to do. The problem is there's no way to quantitate it. What we do is we now understand that really all of these things that we've always thought about are just different ways to deplete deuterium. And then we can go and talk about how those things are important. For instance, a paper just came out today about REM sleep and the REM sleep, which is part of your sleep cycle, and how that is related to cancer, diabetes, and lifespan, right? And people know, if I sleep better, I'm going to live longer. No, no joke, yeah. But what does that mean? Well, now we can actually show that REM sleep is when you remove your deuterium when you're at nighttime, when you're asleep, that's when your body gets rid of it. So if your body can't get rid of it, your levels of deuterium are higher. Therefore, your health is going, your health and longevity are going to be less. Same thing with the gut. We all know the gut is important. No, no joke. We all know that. But what people don't know is that, again, the gut, the bacteria, the, its main function is to deplete deuterium. Its nanomotors go the opposite direction. So instead of using energy, instead of using, it, one thing I forgot to tell you guys was when deuterium goes into a mitochondria, it breaks those nanomotors. So you can't make energy. So it breaks and blows them up. And so the more deuterium you have, the less and less energy you're gonna have. And then at least the mitochondria are dying and it's less and less mitochondria leads to cancer. And this is a known fact right now. We're just able to explain it. So those things, by having your deuterium levels right or your liver levels optimized, that's what I like to say. We're cancer hackers or life hackers. By having those things optimized, then you can make all these other things work better or become more resilient against 5G, against uh, uh, GMO foods, against glycosates, because your body has the energy to detoxify itself right it has the energy for you to, to do your breathing exercises right. And it has, you have the right molecules to then rebuild yourself. So without having those things, it can't work. Obesity, for instance, we can, we can explain the importance of obesity and why people die from it. The, the reason being that as our bodies get more and more fat on it, fat is a great source, the best source of making energy. So as you get this fat goes, is turned into glucose, right? We all know that. And that goes in your mitochondria through, the, through our Krebs cycle to make ATP. And you get more energy from fat, from a molecule of fat than you do from carbs 
or protein, okay? But it also makes more metabolic water, makes all of these things. The problem is that as we gain weight, we don't gain weight because we ate properly, because we exercise. We gain weight because we eat a diet that has a lot more deuterium in it, that slows down your metabolism. And so that fat as we build on ourselves is just a store of fat that has deuterium in it. And so what happens, you start to burn it and it actually breaks your mitochondria and then makes you sicker. That's why you have so much energy and you lose weight and then you can't lose weight. Now, people will talk about metabolism, but we can go back and explain the, the molecular reasons for the changes in metabolism. That's the important part. It's not that anybody's wrong. We just are able to give a mathematical equation and a biochemical equation that scientists and doctors and lay people can use to make their life better. Hmm. And so is this like the deuterium, is this something that's like everybody is kind of missing? And if you can kind of get that in balance, your everything else is working, is going to work efficiently. It's like all the cells are not working efficiently, essentially. So once you balance that out, you're kind of harmonizing all things like the gut and, and other things like that. Dude, that's perfect. That is, you're, you get, you get that Nobel, you get that Nobel prize. I want it. So yes. So that's exactly it. So if you think about the whole world, there's deuterium every place, right? And it's going up with climate change because as we warm, as the system, I'm in LA. So that's the, as, as you hear the, as the ambulance is going by, but as, as the, as the world warms up and we get icebergs melting, what we actually have is deuterium is actually trapped in ice because remember I told you it has a different freezing point. So it freezes first. So it is all our, I, the ice age and colder weather is the thing that traps it. And, and it is also at higher levels, it's lower. So if you look at the top of the Himalayas, right? Tibetan monks, these kind of things. The reason that you could take a person to the top of the mountain and all of a sudden they're healed is may not be it, a big component of that that gives that ability to do it is the deuterium levels are lower there. So you can go to that top of, you can <laughs> learn to breathe and we can talk about how breathing and oxygen, and that's gonna make you healthier. The problem is once you come back down that mountain and if you didn't change your lifestyle, you don't, you still eat the same way, you will get the disease back. So we see there's plenty of studies that will show that 10 to 15% of these people that come back down that mountain, they stay healthy forever. Why? Because they change all those things that keep the deuterium out of them. So they eat the right foods. People say, what's the right foods? Well, let's put it this way. We already know processed foods are high in deuterium. Grains, depending on how they're grown, are high in deuterium. Fruits, certain fruits, are high in deuterium. Because the way deuterium works is that's something that makes things deuterium is needed to make something grow, right? That's, it's, if you think about the way it works, it's big. Remember I talked about being twice as big. So when it gets into your DNA, that makes your DNA unable to close up and the cells stop dividing. Are you following me there? So I'm with you. <laughs> yeah, so it's, just, it's like, yeah, it's like putting a shoe inside. Yeah, it's like putting your shoe inside a door, right? And a okay. door can't shut, can't mm. shut. So when, and it's, so it's an intentional thing. This is something we determine, something we need when we're babies, when we're going to be born. The, the reason that you see a baby, like 
your child growing from this little one cell to this talking, running, pooping machine is because that deuterium is helping their DNA grow all the time. But after we get 12 or 13, or at least 19, we stop growing, right? We, we shouldn't be growing anymore. And that's when your body no longer needs it. But if you still have high levels of deuterium, we start to grow out fatter and we start to grow disease and we start to getting older because our cells replicate faster. Hmm. So there's a lot of stuff here. I, and for me, my, my question is like, is this something that's just missed in, in uh, doctor's practices? Nobody's, nobody's understanding this to the level that you've discovered. And so if we can implement this uh, across physicians or, or just to, to have an understanding, uh, we can improve the quality of our health uh, immensely. Is that the idea? And then how do, we, how do we start to do that? Because again, for me, I looked at it as like, I don't even know what this is. I was like, this is going to be fun. <laughs> Here's a really cool thing. And this is amazing. I think if you watch Star Trek, all the Trekkies out there, you watch Star Trek, right? You know what they talk about? Deuterium and hydrogen. So when they, everything that they do, and it's amazing, I just never noticed it, but you'll see when they make their, 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 their proton cannons or the engines that take them into space and the food that they make. So they make their, they use, and we do it too, they use deuterium, to make energy and they use the hydrogens left over in their replicators to make food <laughs> so mm -hmm. it is and that's something that's like that and so deuterium the main thing when people think about deuterium they should think about nuclear reactors and nuclear bombs because that deuterium is what you use to make a bomb right so that heavy water everybody think about that's where they've heard the word heavy water from so that heavy water is what you split to make an atom bomb to make more energy at blowing up and, and breaking apart makes more energy, more energy till it starts this little thing starts to be this big amount of energy that can destroy things. We're using that same approach and storing with that little thing to make this big amount of energy that can get you healthy. So yes, you're absolutely, that is, that is the main point is by learning to do this and learning to measure these things, uh, then you can be healthier. And you made, you made a really good point. So if this is truly optimization. If you were to get your deuterium levels optimized, then all of your blood panels change. So you know how we sit around and we take supplements and we exercise and we hope our cholesterol goes down and we hope this goes up and we hope this and we hope that. If you change your deuterium levels first, all those things will come into order and then you can use functional medicine approach to find out else the little things you need to fix now because otherwise you're doing this whack-a-mole approach and you're fixing you're not fixing the sick body but you're fixing the symptoms of the sick body and fixing symptoms never ever ever works that's why cancer and cancer research hasn't worked to this point again i've been in this for 35 years because we continually chase the symptoms and not the cause or for the last 20 years we thought the cause was because of your dna right so we've been trying to find ways to fix your dna and it has very little to do with your dna it has to do with your metabolic system so it's how you make your energy that gives rise to cancer and diabetes although it can have a background with cancer. And that's when I was 
helped start the Epigenics Foundation. That's what that was all about. The mm -hmm. idea of being able to use different foods and different tactics to change how your DNA works. So it's, 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 it is everything and spiritually, all these things go together. And that's the really great thing to know about that it, once you get all these things, it's like you reach the nirvana of health. And that's what mm. we always say. That's what we're trying to do, not only spiritually, but physically, emotionally, socially, racially. Mm. Once you're able to think your way through things, you will become not only able to think your way, but you will actually have enough energy to vibrate with things. I always say things that are right because your body, your body, and everybody knows this, your body has an innate ability to make itself well. That's what we've always, always went for. And so what we're doing is giving that innate ability, the energy for that to happen. Mm, it makes sense. You know, I kind of think a little bit of um, germ theory versus terrain theory and, yes. you know, op optimizing the terrain. Are you, are you a germ theory person or a terrain theory person? So, germ, so always, you're an immunologist. I'm an immunologist, yeah. right? So what I find is it's almost a yin yang type of thing now is what I'm understanding is I'm no longer, I'm agnostic to all things now, right? Because, <laughs> dude, I've, I've gone I, over the 30 years, I've, I've cured cancer 20 times, right? So mm. it just, that's, you always think, you know, as they say, the, the, the smartest thing you can do is to know that you don't know all the answers. And so I believe it can be approached in both ways, but it's an integrated approach that needs fix the terrain and also understand how to be more resilient to those germs and how to take, how to be able to protect yourself, keep them away from you, right? Because they're, they're, they're there for a reason. And germs have to do with the DNA. And we can talk about how everything's working with COVID, if you like, but how these things work together to shut or to this lifelong struggle when they're out of balance, right? When they're, and that's the whole thing, right? With it's a, a, the idea of you staying in tune and in balance with health, in balance with wealth, in balance mm -hmm. with being a good person. And that, that's it. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And I, I'd love for you to touch on that. Um, what I want to kind of ask you first is, you, you know, you're also a pro athlete. So you're a high achiever in the academic world, in the scientific world, and also uh, in the athletic world. So human optimization is, is something that I'm very curious about and also just the limits of um, human consciousness. You know, you've mm. probably read or familiar with Yogananda and the autobiography of a yogi going up the Himalayas. And I'm curious, I'm like, is that state of consciousness? Um, is that possible? Is that, is that, is it possible to sustain? I've had experiences that are mystical and the one mind and things like that. And you, de you know, unfortunately can't stay there. Um, but it is pretty magical when it happens. And I'm just wondering about a protocol and with the deuterium, how easy is it to like, do my, you, I give you a blood test and then you send me some pills or, you know, how does that work? I'm sure, I'm sure that's not exactly what no, happens, but uh, or maybe it is. I don't know. <laughs> very, very cool. Here's what, here's what the, 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 the test we invented has nothing to do with. We start out looking at, at blood and plasma because I am a scientist. I thought that was necessary. But the, what we ended up patenting was this ability to actually get the level of deuterium in your breath. And the level of deuterium in your breath is the amount of, as a, as a marker for the amount of deuterium that's in your tissue. It's actually from the lung and the heart. 
part of it, right? Now, that doesn't mean that the deuterium level is the same in your foot or your toe or your brain that we measure, but it gives a general, a general amount that's there. Uh, and then we can also use uh, measurements of in your saliva or your plasma, the fluid part of your body, and think of that as a river that the deuterium is dumped to, right? That's that river that flows through it. And so I always like to say it's like having a polluted, it's like having a polluted river when your deuterium levels are too high. So, and that deuterium, that will take it to the wrong places and cause the problems. So, yes. So when we look at this, the way we simply do it is to give those simple tests to a simple thing to where you're just going to give us a breast sample and we're able to measure it. And then if it's really serious for cancer patients, we can look at an MRI and actually see the deuterium clouds to see exactly where it is. So what do our athletes do? When you go back and talk about athletes, what they do is they lower their deuterium levels using different diets. We really work with them on their sleep because like I said, sleep's very important. And now you're seeing that a lot more um, in, uh, you're seeing that a lot more with pro athletes of getting the right sleep. You know, and you'll sit, look, look, my favorite is LeBron James, who is a person that re, it really leads a really deteriorated life. And so he's able to keep his deuterium levels low by eating right, by exercising right, by having the right mindset. And we can talk about all these little pieces you can do. And what has that done? That's allowed him now to extend his career another six, seven, eight years at $30 million a year. So I always tell people that's what you can do. Now we can do the same type of thing. We may not make that much money in playing basketball, but our quality of life can be that. I mean, just think about, I, I tell the kids that work for, and I say the, the, the kids that work for me right now, I tell the kids that work for me now is that they can look like they do at 22 and 23 and probably live 150 years and die without a disease. They will simply die because it's time to die, right? Because their body's worn out, not because it got sick. We're aging way too fast as a population. It's, just, it's crazy that the average person doesn't live to 100. That doesn't make any sense. Of course we should. Everybody knows that. And that's without getting, you know, doing the, the biohacking parts of putting fake arms and all these things. But your body, every science will tell you, your body should last 150 years. We just do, don't know the things to do to keep us at optimal health to do that. Right now, it's a scary thought, but the, it, it is, the American Cancer Society has come out and they say that one out of every two men, it's passing now, will get cancer in their lifetime. I don't, and one out of every three women will get cancer in a lifetime. Why? Because all of these things that we do, the stress, the food we eat, uh, all these things relate to not to not be able to deplete deuterium, and that is going to age you faster. And all the diseases we're seeing, you're young, so you may not know this, but all these diseases we're seeing used to be diseases of old people. Now the diseases of young people, like diabetes. You didn't see diabetes in kids that were 12 years old or cancer in kids that were 12 years old two generations ago. So you didn't see it. You waited till you were 70, 80 years old. And at that time, people like me, I had a grandmother who would live to be 112. I had another grandmother who was 107. We don't see that anymore. And the question is why? And so now we can explain it.
That's, I'm, you know, I'm sold. You just got to tell me how. What's, what's, the, <laughs> well, what's, what's the protocol? I'd, I'd love to know, yeah. like, yeah, the protocol well, and then and talk about sleep too, because I'm curious about that one. I've always been a very heavy sleeper personally. I don't have a problem with that. I feel like I can sleep forever. And then I don't, <laughs> and then I don't, a lot of the time I don't wake up feeling rested. I know some people wake up and they're chipper. Like you, you could, if I'm sleeping, you could have a whole orchestra in my room and I'm like, nah, I'm just going to sleep forever. And so I'd love to know how to, to optimize sleep. And, and I'm curious if it relates to dreaming at all, because I've definitely done um, some research into dreaming and, and I have to focus on it, but I learned how to lucid dream. And so cool, if I focus cool, a lot cool. on lucid dreaming, I can do that. And I find that's interesting because when I first started looking up like really researching consciousness. I, I started a martial artist and it's mind, body, spirit. So I'm meditating and doing things like that, but I don't really know what I'm doing. I just am imagining being a Kung Fu master. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And then I learn about enlightenment, but I also learn about people who can do extraordinary things. Now we have Wim Hof, who is just doing extraordinary things through a breath pattern saying everybody can do it. We've got uh, some other things like the iron cowboy is a recent one. Uh, he did 30, uh, triathlons in 30 days in 30 states on like four four like people are doing amazing things and you know then we've got like the stories like yogananda of of you know reaching these states of consciousness and i like that balance i my interest i feel like is liberation of my life of freedom you know Love freedom it. and then being able to share that gift of life with someone else because when we live in this world and you begin to understand it you're like oh the food is trying to kill me oh this thing is manipulating me oh i gotta work 40 hours a week you know and then just get a couple days off um and just do a couple things and, and not really live an inspired life and and how do we get to a point where you're like yes like i'm alive i'm i'm celebrating that i'm in harmony with my environment i feel good mentally emotionally and spiritually and i'm creating and when we get to that space uh, space which very few can it seems um we're always in harmony with other people and we're you're we're being of service we're not yes. we're in harmony with everything but when you're out of harmony when you're sick and that's the first thing is health if you don't have health you can't think about anyone else because you're surviving and, and then you go into the money game right now where people are is like, they're not eating great. Uh, they're very afraid of most things. Um, and so they're just they're And then they're just trying to get money. And that's still survival mode because you need the money to eat to survive. You're still not thinking about other people. You're thinking about, you know, stacking your squirrel nuts of money, you know, until there's enough money and then maybe you can do something kind. And so I'm just curious if you can talk a little bit about what I just rambled about and, and protocols, <laughs> protocols for optimization. Cause I, I still use them, you know, I'm 37, holy crap. Yeah, I'm 37. And I'd like to keep skateboarding into my forties and get better, get better at snowboarding and the, and the athletes I train and things like that. Like mental training is not popularized yet. How is mm -hmm. it not? Right. And so if we can use all the facets that we have, you know, and then, and make that uh, mainstream, right. So if a uh, deuterium understanding goes mainstream, right. Like we, we have, and, and you're actually one of the founders of keto diets, keto diet. So you can talk about that. You said not everybody's really doing it right, but uh, yeah. Can you speak on all that please? <laughs> oh, no, no, it's cool. I, and I, I want to give you a big amen to what you said, by the way. So, so there's so much that let me try to unwrap a lot of it. First of all, we always talk about health and I think it's something that, that we, we measure as being this thing, right? That, that we can quantify it. What we understand now is we try to take things at a deeper level. So if we know our energy levels, once we understand our energy levels, we know that health will grow out from that. 
Spirituality will grow out from that. Gratitude will grow out from that. Being a better father, mother, sister, brother will grow out for that because you're honestly a happier person. And I know people are going to laugh like that, but there's actually papers that have been published, not just by us, but by other groups that can show you how higher deuterium levels are related to depression and anxiety. And when we put these people on a deuterium depletion protocol, they don't need to take drugs. They lose, they, they are no longer anxious. They no longer have depression, uh, the post-traumatic stress syndrome. We're able to treat all those things because all of these things are related or a marker for all of these things are your deuterium levels. Now, you asked a very good question. Well, what kind of protocol should I use? A variety of things. I love what you do because you do a friggin' lot of things right. You're a great biohacker, a life hacker. If we were able to show you how to quantitate those things, what you would be able to do is to find out what, which of those things are important and which of those things that you're doing for shit and giggles, right? That are not important to you getting to the goal, but it's a great hobby. And I think it's fantastic because you should be happy with what you do. Uh, and so things like we talk about Winhoff, uh, which I've studied you know, for a long time, I, I, the, things he, the things he was able to accomplish. Those breathing techniques, what's so important about them, and we've measured a lot of, a, a, a lot of swamis and we've measured a lot of spiritualists who do breathing techniques. And what breathing does, remember oxygen plus hydrogen make water right? And when you breathe, you make more energy. You do all, well, the reason that works is oxygen binds to hydrogen to remove it to make water, but it binds the deuterium first. So by going with these kind of te techniques, you're able to bind the deuterium to get more oxygen in your tissues, in your brain, all the way through your body, and therefore to remove deuterium and remove that impediment to optimization. And so that's how they work. And so we've actually used some of the best people in the world. I can't mention his name. I mean, a lot of them. Uh, I even said we actually tried to do with Winhoff. We couldn't, weren't able to get that. Because, but anyway, what we're able to do is to measure the deuterium levels before and after one of their sessions. And we can show that the deuterium levels actually went down. It's the same thing like going into a hyperbaric oxygen therapy chamber right, which forces oxygen into your tissues. And that's what they use to, to fight gangrene and uh, from diabetes or cancer or the bends when, the, when a diver. So it forces this oxygen and it pulls out deuterium. That's what it's doing. And by pulling out deuterium, now those, that body part, that organ, that tissue can now make the energy it needs, can get the blood flow it needs to get healthy. That includes our brain and our ability to think. Often with cancer patients, um, we get what's called a brain fog, right? That's caused by the radiation and chemo. Horrible thing, horrible, horrible, horrible thing. That means you can't think. It's somebody, it's, you can't think, you can't remember. It's like having a, a drug-induced um, uh, Alzheimer's. It's, it's like, like this. But by lowering the deuterium levels, that brain fog goes away. By lowering the deuterium levels, their, 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 their nauseous 
They're not as nauseous. They don't lose as much hair. They're able to increase their quality of life. If you're able to increase your quality of life and enjoy your life while you're being treated for cancer, that means your outcomes are likely to be better. Now, take it away from cancer. Lights like to, to do that just for a healthy person. If you have more energy, if you have a better outlook on life, which more energy will do for you. If you have the ability to fight off viruses and have a better immune system, which energy will do for you. If you have a better attitude, gratitude, um, a better love of people, which lowering your germ levels will do that, then your quality of life and that search you're going for, that optimal being on that different plane and staying on that different plane is easier to do. And what we do in our protocols, we go through a lot of different things to find out about that person. And then we look at, can they sleep? How do they sleep? What is their deep sleep and REM sleep? What's, how long can they hold their breath on exhale, which is a measure of how much oxygen you have in your tissue. We look at um, different, how do they, what's their gut look like? What are the gut profiles there? How often they use the restroom? Why is that important? Because another big way that we get rid of deuterium is through defecation and urination. So when we talk about why, when you get a kidney failure or your kidneys have a problem, then you can't deplete deuterium. You see how this all ties together? Then you can't deplete it, your levels go up. And I will tell you from the, the thousands of people we've done, when your levels reach a maximal amount, we know that you're going to, to a very high amount. We'll, it's called over 150 parts per million. We know that you tend to either have a disease or have or will have a disease, or if it's very high, we actually call you until you go to the doctor because you, you don't have long to live. Because once your levels get too high, you can't make energy, no matter what you do. And once you can't make energy, you're done, right? You're done, your body actually will shut off. And so when we think of death, and we, everybody talks about brain death, it's not brain death, it's once your body, once those nanomotors that are making energy stop, they can't be started again. That's what death is. The inability to make metabolic energy is death. You can't, and you can't start it back up with paddles, you can't start it back up with prayer, you can't start it back up with anything because your energy, the thing that makes you you, the thing that we, when I think of energy, it's not only this thing that makes you be able to operate, but it's your spirit. It's part of, it's part of your essence that we don't understand. And that energy leaves you, it's not gonna come back in, at least not by man's, man can't make it happen. It's not gonna come back into you, but it's gonna go wherever it goes to become part of something else. And so, but when we go to the protocols, what we use are a variety of things. We look at the food you eat and we put you on, the, on a diet that matches, that matches how, that your lifestyle. Uh, and say, and we give everybody choices. I wanna make sure people understand this, dude. I am not in the Nazi sciences. We give you enough ability to understand what to do that you can do it right? But I'm not here to make you do it, right? And, and that goes for me too. I am not the best patient in the world. I will tell people all the time, I know what to do. I don't do it all the time. But, it's a, but, but what we're able to do with that is then to be able to now direct that person. So we will look at the diet. We use a water called a turn depleted water. 
And that's most of the thing, you know, you, we make about, as I said, 3,000 gallons of water ice cells a day out of the food we eat. And you don't, you don't see that, right? You, you don't see it. Now, we've been taught to drink a lot of water. That's probably not a correct thing to do because if we look at our ancestors, we all know that our ancestors did not go around drinking gallons and gallons of water a day. Why? Because if they went down to the lake to get it, they would be eaten by a tiger or a lion. It didn't work that way. They got their food, their water from the food they ate. They had a, a, even if, whether it's plant-based or animal-based, they had a, a diet that had a high amount of fat in it. And that fat should be deuterium depleted. And if it's deuterium depleted fat, when it goes into your mitochondria to make energy, you're going to make deuterium depleted water. So you're like this, this nuclear powered sub that is, or again, like Star Trek, that's always going to make the healthy things to make you live longer, better, and happier. So that's, that's, and ask me other questions. I'll try to get on the next part too. <laughs> wow. Well, so I guess what I'm hearing is it, it's not like, uh, you know, one size fix, uh, fits all. And, and um, you know, I hear you with the not best patient in the world because I like to know what the optimization is, but I like ice cream also. Yeah. And I also <laughs> like to have a beer every now and then. And so, you know, I, but what I, it feels like is once you have this understanding, you might be able to add things and shift your homeostasis to a higher level. And so you're going to know the difference, you know, when I'll do a cleanse or I'll do uh, a fast. And the first time I did it, I, I was so surprised at my, my change in thinking and how I could concentrate more. And so I'm always curious of how can I sustain that state? And it's also very hard to live in the world with, you know, family and, and going out to barbecues and things like that to sustain it for a very long period of time. And so is, is that what it's like is to have that understanding and is it mostly diet or do you use supplements as well or, and, and then sleep, what do you recommend for sleep to improve the quality? That's, that's very good. Oh, man, I love this. It's like you're reading my mind. Okay, here's my story. I'm way over 60 years old. <laughs> Two years ago, I fasted for 72 days in a row. What? Within that t 72 days, the like only thing I ate for Christmas was five Brussels sprouts. And that was the not insulted. So, and I wanted to see if I'm deteriorating depleted. Plus, I wanted to lose some body fat. If I'm deteriorating depleted, what would that do? How would that work? I was able to work every day. I was able to, 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 to chant every day. I was able to do all those things because my body was optimized. And the only reason I stopped after 72 pounds and a loss of 45 pounds in weight, the only reason, because- 72 days, 45 pounds. Yep, 72 yeah, days, 45 yeah. pounds. The only reason I stopped was because I just stopped. It was, I proved my point. And so, because I often ask cancer patients to fast, right? And we know that fasting is something that every religion and every culture does. They do it, right? Anything that's going to live, they all do it. But we now understand the reason for it. And again, when you fast, your deuterium levels, your, your gut changes over, your sleep changes over, everything changes over till you become a deuterium depleting machine. So that's what that's for. And so if we look at certain things, like you're asking about supplements, the first thing that we try to do is to make your innate system work best. So, and we try to actually focus on your mitochondria. 
So some of the stuff, and the way biology works, and I want everybody to understand that this listening, is your body, if you give your body something, it won't make it, okay? So if you, if you, if you, if they're, they're all biological systems, all metabolic pathways have feedback mechanisms on it. So the more you give it of something and it's supposed to make it, the less it will make it, right? That's like insulin. They say your body can't make insulin, but by giving yourself more and more insulin, your body makes less and less insulin. So, and that's the reason you have to keep taking more insulin and more insulin as a diabetic because your innate ability to make insulin goes away. So what we say, well, let's do it the other way. Let's instead make your innate ability to make insulin better, higher, more effective. So instead of needing insulin, you need less and less to the point maybe you won't need it anymore. So that's, it. So that's how we go at things. And when you're looking at, and so if you take those things and you put it at the, small, the smallest level of things, when we look at sleep, sleep is so important. We spend a minimum of a third of our lives sleeping. Now, that wasn't true of our ancestors, but the reason that we have to sleep even a lot longer is really our diet and the amount of deuterium that's in our diet. So REM sleep and deep sleep are two different phases of sleep that are very important. You have another one, it's called light sleep, which it may be important too. But during REM sleep, which is that rapid eye movement, during that REM sleep is when you're going to get rid of, you're going, your body's actually working and moving muscles and it's burning up the carbohydrates that you had during the day. So that's what it's doing. So it's burning up those carbohydrates to put you in natural ketosis. Because when you're in natural ketosis, what that's gonna do is now give your body ketones, these are the ketones to make your metabolic processes work better because during deep sleep is when you're going to repair yourself. That's when your all your new biological molecules are going to be remade, your new cholesterol, your new, um, your new muscle cells, your new brain cells, or even, even your new thoughts. Thoughts, for instance, I mean, thoughts, for instance, are simply new proteins. And every time you use that protein in a thought, your body's got to rebuild it. So the reason people lose their memory as they get older is because they have an inability to build new proteins and they lose that memory. So it's so interesting. It's not that you lost a piece of your brain went away. It's you just can't make that memory anymore. Literally can't, don't have the proteins to do it anymore. So if we look at lucid dreaming, for instance, that happens at the end of REM sleep. What you're able to do is to be able, or in deep sleep too, you're able to then you control that part of your dream. That takes a heck of a lot of energy and a heck of a lot of thought. So congratulations to you. you know, so, and you can do it with different sounds. So one of the things that we do with our people is that we have sound streams and we can per play certain sounds during your sleep cycles to lengthen your REM sleep or your deep sleep or to put you in lucid dreaming because we know that that's time for it to happen. So we get these sounds that people hit the theta waves, the delta waves, you know, all the things you know about, but we can control those things because we know what they're supposed to be. So yes, sleep is very important because of those things. You must have REM sleep to get rid of your deuterium. You must have deep sleep to rebuild yourself. If you can't do that, 
then you will wake up with less energy. You will wake up with more and more and more to where sleep can't make up for the deleterious effects of not sleeping for 20 years. And then there are a lot of drugs, and that's the biggest thing about drugs that I, that, you know, being a person to help develop drugs, one of my degrees in oncotherapeutics, I work for a large pharmaceutical company. If you, it, when we think about drugs, those drugs may put you into sleep, but they give you light sleep. They don't, they, they, it's like fake. <laughs> it's not the sleep you need. It's just the sleep that they want you to think that's important. So if it doesn't put you in REM sleep or deep sleep, don't take it. You know, those are things that can be handled with, with lifestyle modifications. Mm. CPAPs, for instance, that's a type, type of thing. Deuterium works, but you're having high levels of deuterium. Here's a, good, a little bitty for, you, bitty for you. If you look at deuterium levels, when deuterium levels are high, it gets into your brainstem. And when it gets into your brainstem, that's really what causes you to snore. And then you start to gain weight and all these things. And what you will do is you start to snore and your body starts to shake, right? And you, you get, you, when they talk about having ap apnea, you have these different effects where your body is twitching, twitching. That's how they measure apnea. The reason it's twitching is trying not to die because what the deuterium is doing is telling your body to die. You know, dude, you're unhealthy. Please die so we can get the genetic pool made great. But with our science, we don't have to die. And so now we take the CPAP and we push oxygen through you <laughs> so you can breathe better and try to bypass, again, bypass the, the term that's in your stem cell. Again, treating not the cause, but treating the symptom of the problem. We try to treat the cause and therefore people get off their CPAPs. And we do that by fixing their sleep, by lowering their deuterium levels, by looking at all these different things. Uh, and even looking at one of the biggest things I'm really excited about now is looking at the relationships between emotion and disease, emotion and wellness. And what that means is this really cool thing that we've done uh, that Isabella Benarus, who's um, the leader of this section, and we like to call it emotional, emotional oncology. But what we do is, I know this is, if you look at disease, that emotion, we know that now, and we've always known that emotions can give rise to disease, but it also can make a disease worse. So if we can go back and find out what, um, so if you think about, think about it working like this. Your body, an emotion, a bad emotion is as bad as being hit with a bullet. It hurts. And so your body's response to that pain is to do something in that body. So if we have a loss of a child, we see that that may end up in breast cancer. And I can share the studies with people on these things. And if we can go back and address that, that helps the breast cancer actually resolve itself or at least allow the medicine to work better again and then like that also we can measure if that's worked because as you become emotionally better your deuterium levels are better because now you breathe better and you sleep better you see it's all i love the the, the chart you have behind you because that reminds me that the thing i'm talking everything is so interrelated and it's the neat thing is that 
everything is. And it's just once you give into that, and it really is give into that, then you become this, you're able to understand so much about yourself and so much about society and your bullshit meter works. And I love to sell it, you know, what's your bullshit meter? Because you once you understand, once you get to that nirvana, that total understanding of all things, which a term is part of, once you do that, you can turn off the noise. You know, you can, turn, you can become a better being. Um, and that's a better being both in this realm and as you were talking about, this next realm that most people never get a chance to visit. They never get a chance to go to be more than themselves. But we all have it in us to be more than, than ourselves. But just like a rocket, you need energy to go to the moon. Mm. Wow. Well, you, you shared a lot there. I wanted to clarify one thing for sure before moving on. So when you say 72 days, you're just saying water. <laughs> Just water. I, heard, uh, I don't remember what kind of fast it was, but a friend of mine did like 50 days, but he was ha activated charcoal. And so you're just straight, just, just water. Yeah, man. Wow. I mean, the, the average person that's out there is walking around with a refrigerator on their body. They don't need food. I mean, it's the most amazing thing. You're at, you're talking about the food and people being worried about right now during COVID and the, you know, and the, and the, the, the pandemic of COVID, the camp pandemic of, of racism. The amazing thing, dude, everybody's walking around with 30, 40 days of food on their body. It's mm. there. You don't need it. You don't need it. So if we understand that, slow our lives down, appreciate life, and even appreciate this incredible moment of, of disease, <laughs> this incredible moment of understanding about the pandemic and questioning um, and questioning authority and understanding what's important in our lives and what's not important. And one thing we've all learned, it's not wealth that's important, it's health that's important because you can always make friggin' money, but you can't always make better health. Yeah, absolutely. And I'd love for you to speak on that. There's so many questions I have. I kind of want to throw like a, okay, so we could talk about the COVID stuff. And I'm also curious about human potential because, um, you know, 72 days of fasting, a lot of people say that's impossible. They had the yogis that apparently didn't eat and didn't drink. Uh, the drinking one is the more curious one. Food, I've seen a lot of evidence where people can go very long. Uh, water, I haven't seen a lot of evidence for going like, you know, a lot of people doing two weeks or, or 30 days or whatever the case is. And so if that's what our body is capable of, and, and this is where I'm kind of going with it, with the whole COVID thing, you know, and I'm really curious your, your understanding is I want to know what the truth was. And so I'm looking into it and it looks like a lot of the numbers were inflated. Um, it looks like something was happening and like in a hypo hypoxic injury, but then we had mass uh, censorship. Then we had a flip flop of the, uh, you know, the narratives going on. Then the world health organization, I kind of look at, at that institution and uh, where all the money's going. And I'm wondering why aren't they talking about health? Why aren't they talking about building your immune system? Why aren't they talking about all of these things that why they're shutting down the gyms, all these like kind of other things and one of the benefits that i see to this is seeing us as a global community because i don't i don't think that we see that but they say you know 
six feet away and mask and stuff like that. And I'm like, I don't know, like uh, some of that stuff I, I definitely don't agree with because I want to go outside with my daughter. I don't think closing the gyms and closing the parks makes any sense. And, uh, and I don't, I'm not really an advocate for taking away uh, freedoms and in doing a lot of travel. Like we, I, I went to China and started to understand what was going on over there uh, after I got back from China actually. And, and a lot of these countries that are war torn, uh, 9.1 million people, die of starvation. We don't talk about that. We have a human trafficking pandemic of 200 million people, uh, 300,000 in the States go missing. And so I found like, it's like extending the compassion because, you know, maybe I don't want, you know, believe in, in the lockdown. And I think people should have freedom of choice, no matter what. I don't want to impose that because that's tyranny in my view, but that's my view. I don't want to impose it on you. And I want to know the truth about what's going on and how do we build strong humans? So let's say this thing is killing 50% of people. How do you build up your immune system so you're, you're strong and set and you're not you know, concerned, but you're also um, being considerate of other people, like the, like the people who are at risk? And you were telling me before that the, uh, the black community is more at risk, something I didn't know. And I also I have a Native American friend, and I guess the Native American community is more at risk. And so how do we mitigate those risks with understanding, but not also... Uh, take people's freedoms away. And that's kind of my perspective. So I'd love to hear yours as an immunologist of, of what you've seen and what you kind of think of the whole scenario on a micro scale and a macro scale. Oh, I love it. Now I'm going to put my, this is where I said I'm an integrated scientist. So I'm going to put my epidemiology, uh, philosophy, immunology hats on here. So, and as a, speaking as an African-American. So one of the big things, and you said a lot of great things. That's what I, I love talking to you. And we're talking about freedoms and the ability for you to live your life and to live the way you want to live. What we've had right now is just an amazing time that first we had COVID happen. And what COVID was able to do is to take away the ability of people who were individuals to control their lives, right? To go into lockdown. It put them on a sensitivity of, of understanding what that means. At the same time, they were stuck in front of TVs and they got to see play out pictures and situations that showed, well, that plainly demonstrated what happens, what kind of things can be put in place to keep people's rights to keep people's health away from them over three or 400 years. So what we were seeing, when I look at this, I like to tell people minorities, and I hate the, it's not even minorities, it's a horrible word to use because we're not minors. We're not minor people. <laughs> but when people of color, Asia, uh, um, African-Americans, Latinos, and Native Americans, we've been put in this situation for years of the situation of degradation that has destroyed our ability, all those abilities I've talked about from being healthy, uh, to the point that these emotional causes, these emotional things, which you don't really have to deal with when I say you have some of them, but it's like we're being hit with the howitzer or you're being hit with the BB gun, these emotional things have taken its toll over years and years and years. So what does that mean? That means our immune system is that we're, we're not as, 
our fight just to stay healthy has taken our resilience down so far, really, really down so far. So we can't bounce back as well. When I say we, I'm using this as the, the big friggin' we because we're not a monolith. So people, please don't tell me about your black friend that you have that's healthy. That's not what I'm saying. So let's get this. I'm not, and I don't speak for all, I don't speak for all black people in the world. As a scientist, I'm just trying to tell you how these things work. So what we're being able to see is all of these things have come into contact of all the worst things you can do to, as a scientist, we always do animal studies. What a perfect animal study. All the worst things you can do to a population to get them sick. What you do is you destroy their ability to, to uh, sleep. You destroy their ability to trust authority. You restore their ability to ask for help. You destroy their ability to go to a hospital and get the same care as another person. And you destroy their ability to live in places that are not enclosed, that have low lead, that have, don't have pollution, that don't have the hustle and bustle of living in a crowded, 10-story, low-income building. You do all these things, and then when COVID hits, you go, but you've got to keep working because you don't have a money, money to live the next day. Because money's what's important, but for years you destroyed, and again, this is not intentional, I'm just saying these are where we are now. You destroyed that net that would have provided the basic health care, the basic money, and the basic things to get through this situation. And if we look at places in Europe that are doing better, people always point to saying, oh, it was the lockdown that did it. Not only is it the lockdown, but my gosh, they have a social fucking network that's able to save them. So they were being, and it's, it's a, I know it's, and I'm not being political. They were being paid to stay home. You know what? They didn't have, they don't have to be locked down because they get a check to stay at home. And it's crazy. You know, we can't, we can't even fathom that as Americans. But, and they have doctors and kid care. And even though you're poor, you're, you're or, or, or poor, you're able to actually have a nice place to live. Not as we, you know, all these words that we use, which are bad words, like the word ghetto, they don't, they have a better place to live. And so what we've been seeing right now is when we have this discussion about COVID, we have two different things. We have a group of people talking about freedom, individuality, which they've been taught and I love. I've you know, taught, taught and, and love and understand and a group of people who have never had these things and would love to have them. Hmm. And those people, the people that are out there serving people and being exposed to COVID more than anybody else who have, whose health and resilience is not as strong as it should be. So when people talk about, and I'm always in discussion, talk about COVID not being real, I say, it's not real for you, but it's real for minorities. It's real for Native Americans. It's real for African Americans. It's real for Latinos. Because all of these things that made us canaries in a coal mine have put us right in the line of this. So what does that mean? It's not, you know, we make up 
13% of the population, but 40% of the COVID cases. <laughs> we make up 13% of the population, but 55% of the deaths. That is crazy. And people say, well, it's because you're a Negro. No, it's not a racial thing. It's not genes. Your genes and my genes are 99.999% the same. It's this metabolic, this is outside thing that makes your resilience go down. Can deuterium depletion help? The answer is absolutely yes. And I've talked to different places. Like before this happened, I spoke in Ohio for uh, talking about uh, early syndrome, early child death that's higher in minority women uh, and how we're going to approach that with this ketogenic diet that you're in depletion. So anyway, so is COVID real? Yes. I can tell you how it's real. I can go through the biological things behind it. Are there's a big political part to it? Damn skippy, yes, there is a big political, a big, big political thing with it. And are they not telling us all the information? The answer is probably not. You know, they're probably not telling us all the information. But even if they told us that, the other part of the information on how social structures are a big part of this, they won't tell us because they don't care. Again, they set up the structural problems. So I don't go to the wolf to ask how to take care of the sheep. And that's where we are right now. So I'm, I'm all with my brothers who don't believe in it. At the same time, I will say that, and, and most of the people, here's what I also like, I, I laugh because at the same time I realize that most of my brethren in, in a lot of these places that want to go out without masks, I say it's fine, just don't come around us. You know, it's for the first time I'm all in favor of segregation. Dude, <laughs> more power to you. Here's what we need to do. Because again, it's, it's, this is where we are. And, and, and if, if we talked about chronic disease and how chronic disease is something that's happening earlier in populations, right? Like I said, cancer used to be an old person disease, diabetes. COVID is an old person's disease. But because all of these injuries and crushing down of, how, of, of, of younger African-Americans, Latino-Americans, Native Americans, because of the crushing, we're, we're older than we should be, <laughs> biologically older. I know it sounds silly, it's, but we're biologically older. That's the reason we're seeing a higher death rate. So what does that mean for everybody? If we want to get, here's the only way we're going to get out of this, because this is not going to be the last time this happens. And what I'm hoping that comes out of what we're doing is, like you said, that we all understand and we can just do it locally and regionally first, that we're one people. Mm. And that there are certain things that must be in place to make that person whole. And it's not because I even like that person, it's because if I don't do that, they could make me sick. <laughs> you know, and so we can't kill them, we can't gel enough of them, because we can't afford all the things we've been doing to separate them from us. It's, we no longer have the money to do it, and so now we have to think about smarter ways to do this. And what I love about young people, uh, you know, again, they don't know enough about history and enough about all to really give a rat's ass about what these old people have seen before. So they're willing to burn everything down and start over again. I think someplace in the middle, finding those young people, and my, I love them, finding a way to help guide them 
and to understand all the old things that we were doing aren't right. So maybe the new ideas will work better because what we're doing isn't going to be sustainable. Yeah, absolutely. You brought up a lot of great points. The main, well, the main concern for me is like the systems. When I started to look at starvation and like the, they said the COVID pandemic, and I just think about what a pandemic is and 9.1 million people starving to death, you know, it's like in the, in the cure is food. How have we not solved that as a species? Right. And so you're talking about um, minorities being more affected, which I never considered and now realize this is common sense because you look at what do you eat when you are when you have less money, crap food, what kind of housing situations are they and what kind of the school system like the BLM movement like I for the philosophy of it 100% you, you know, why are um, frigging prisons privatized and you can and you can um, you know, make money from it. That's, that should not be allowed. And you look at the systems and it's like, that's why, because of these systems. Um, yeah. And so that's why I'm so skeptical of everything because the, the more you go up, who is creating the systems? How do we at the ground level be empowered? How do you empower that community? Then, you know, then I get into all other stuff because I, I, I like mindset. So you look at music, right? And look at like, um, you know, the culture of music that came through and, and how that promoted gang violence and all this other stuff is like, why is that popularized? Now, the new song, I think it's old now, but, uh, you know, hypnosis works in repetition. Molly Percocets, Molly Percocets. Why are you, you know, what's going to happen to the kids? And so, you know, these are, these are um, like you, when you're treating somebody, right? It's the, it's, you're treating the symptom, but there's a cause, right? You have, yes. you can't go to the mountains and then go right back to eating like Kentucky fried chicken, being stressed out and never exercising and sitting on your butt. The disease is going to come back. So this is a huge opportunity to improve systems and make sure when you see somebody doesn't matter what, and they don't have a proper system, how do you give them what they need? So they're eating clean. They have the resources to exercise uh, healthcare. Even when I was in Nicaragua, they had free healthcare but very poor country it was it's weird yeah i love it man i love the way you think so i really do you know i don't i don't i i, I haven't got this to be able to go off off uh, message very much in my life off script you know so, <laughs> no so I, I love this because this is so true and i want to talk about again bring it back to the tyranny depletion we work on systems and so my training is give i've been fortunate that my training gives me ability to look at systems in biology and to make that systems also in ontology or that systems in people, right? And in societies, they're the same thing. They're, the sickness is sickness and it goes from a micro level to a macro level. And you're totally right. How do you fix these systems? And you made, and it's, it's interesting, one thing you said that, that we often make the mistake of saying, and that is, blaming or, or trying to, again, treat the symptomology. And what I mean by that is, you're right. I went to that point of hating rap music and gangster rap music because I thought that was a bad thing and it was hurting people. I did go, and then it took me time to understand it is just a cause, <laughs> it's just an effect of a cause. So you can't, if you can't, get rid of, you, you can't get rid of a symptom without treating the problem. So the system has got to be addressed. And what that system is, is that to come up with a way to treat 
a system, whether it's a biological system or a government system that doesn't give rise to the symptomology that you can then blame the person for. So it is your, yes, it's going to have that effect. But if you were to get rid of gangster rap by killing all the people that do gangster rap, it's just going to be, if you don't change the system, it's going to be another symptom that's going to come up that you don't like. So we've got to go after the system. Same way with the tyrion depletion. You can take vitamin D to raise your vitamin D levels, but it's not vitamin D that's the important thing. It's vitamin, the measure of vitamin D per se, but it's the fact that you've been in the sunshine, you've been outside, you've, you're waking up, that's your body's ability to make vitamin D, which is simply a marker of health and not health itself. It's not health. Vitamin D is not healthy. It's a marker of health. And so, it's this, mm. so this is this looking at the micro macro thing. I actually love where we are in the, for our center of depletion because not only can we go after scientific reasons and understanding to make the world better, but we can actually go at the level of cultural and government to fix their systems because it's really related back on deuterium levels. Again, prisoners have higher deuterium levels. Like you said, why? My goodness, look at the way they live, look at the food they eat, look at the pressure they're under, look at where they came from. And a person would say, well, let's change your diet. I don't want to change your diet because my God, they did something wrong. And he said, what did they do? Well, they murdered some. No, they didn't murder some. What did they do? They took crack cocaine. And he said, well, how much did they have? They have 1.5 grams. Most people don't understand that if you look at crack cocaine versus regular cocaine, right? that you could have a hundred times more regular cocaine than crack cocaine before it was illegal. So what does that mean? You arrested the person that used crack cocaine, plus they had more police in the neighborhood. And so in, I mean, California, you arrested people that were in the black neighborhoods, but you could have went to Beverly Hills, knocked on the door of Hollywood and arrested everybody for the amount of cocaine that they had, but that wasn't the law. That's not who they put in jail. And as you said, we built a whole industrial complex of, of prisons to fill up with those people so people could make money. And it's no different than what we do at the level of biology. We create a whole new symptoms, a whole new, instead of treating the symptoms, we create a billion different supplements, a billion different some supplements are good, but a billion different things and ways to do things, ways to do things that aren't needed. And that takes away, that takes away the value and things that we need to spend on things and address issues that we need to address. And deterrent depletion, again, bring it back to what we do, is what you need to address first. And then your life is so much easier to make everything else addressing a hobby. That's all. Hmm. Yeah, I love that. I love the way you put that, and I and I absolutely agree. Um, I think everything comes down to systems. And just a clarifier for the the rap music, I love old school hip hop <laughs> rap music, and I'm all for it. 
my distinction is when music gets taken over and they start changing the lyrics to only push certain songs through the mainstream that have a, like even Kanye West, like, you know, he goes back and forth, but he's also had some weird like MK ultra moments where he's like telling people the truth about stuff. But one of his songs was like, uh, you know, use a hoe. I love it. And I'm like, yeah, you can have that, but why are we like promoting that as the mainstream in the ears of all the kids that are looking up, right? And I feel like that industry, they look and then they create these artists and put out these certain songs and these certain lyrics, you know? And, and we need, um, you know, like, like Tupac had amazing lyrics and he's talking about the systems that he was in, right? And I was like, yes, he's sharing what's happening which i think is relevant and we need to upgrade those and then the music and what they do now is like brainwashing kids and so that part you know i love it here here's what i can tell you we have a lot of our patients are titans in the music industry titans Mm. i mean big time so you just said something and i I, man i love this i want to make sure your audience understands you said exactly the right thing this is what they let you hear this is what they go for. This is where they're pushing people because the people that make the money, that build, that own the systems, that's what they're giving you, right? That's what they're giving you. So there are plenty of rap music, and which is poetry, which is out there that you're never going to hear, right? And like, for instance, you said a really good, why should we denigrate beautiful, powerful women in songs why it doesn't make any sense without women we are nothing women especially on the you know black women are the are the are are the people that have kept african americans going in the power as the system has put black men away right and so again it is important so again it's not i am not against rap music or gangster rap music I'm against the system that only allows that to work. Just like I'm against the system that only feeds you processed foods or four gallons of water or bad grains or doesn't let you sleep and puts you under stress to make you sick. I'm against those systems that are put in place to make your culture, government, and social interactions sick. So micro and macro, and the Center for Deterrent of Teaching deals with both of them. And I think it's very important to understand and you'll, and I will tell you, this is the same thing. It's, I am writing all my brethren, all the podcasts I've been on to get more diversity in the podcast. So they interview, there, there are plenty of people out there that are African-American, Native American, Latinos that are in health and in spiritualism, and, but they don't seem to make it on. You know, again, I'm not, comp- I, people say, why are you complaining? You're on everything. That's not the point. <laughs> the point is there's such a diverse amount of knowledge and ways to look at different things. And that diversity makes things beautiful. That makes it rich, makes it worth living. Um, and that gives us the energy and the gratitude and makes us less scared and more understanding of what these other people are talking about. So we can go after that. And if we correct those things, it makes the whole society safer. Then after societies, the world safer. And that's what we've got to get if we want to survive. Starting with getting yourself right, 
because you can't fight for the world if you're unwilling to fight for your health. You can't, and I want people to understand, you can't, you can't tweet your way out of this one. You can't Facebook your way out of this one. It takes much, much more, starting with looking, yourself in, looking at yourself in the mirror and getting yourself healthier with more energy and with more gratitude. Yeah, I love that. I absolutely agree. I want to honor your time. I want to throw a lot of questions at you. So let me know uh, what you got nope. for time, but you're Dude, good. I'm, this is, okay, cool. So I'm, what I'm jazzing, man. I, Keep going. Okay, cool. Cause what I want to ask is like, what do you see for solutions? Because what this COVID thing is, is um, really brought up is just like, like I say, extending your compassion, right? Because everyone's like, Oh, it's just these COVID deaths. And this is, we're all just focusing on that. And I'm like, well, you know, I have some native American friends and do you know what we did to them? You know what I mean? Like the school system, the genocide, things like that. Um, you know, we've got the, like I brought up the starvation, other countries in war, you know, all these different things. And it would be nice to figure out ways to move to global solutions, but I feel like we really need to start with community solutions, individual <laughs> solutions, and then community. And so when you look at the world and how you're, you're more aware than most people and specifically how it's working, you know, you might know like the cellular level of all the crap they do to the food and what it does to us. And so it aggravates me the little bit I know. And I want to find the solutions to empower myself and empower the community. And so how do you see us moving forward and responding to this? And cause you know, when I teach athletes or I coach, you know, one of the things I want to fundamentally share with kids, it's not so much what happens to you. It's what, how you respond. And yes. I feel like this is an opportunity globally for the citizens to respond because we don't need governments or institutions to uh, help us work together. We need to do that as individuals. And so what solutions um, can you see or what positive outcomes from how we respond to this? Because if we can move forward and, and these global titans can keep oppressing and doing different things, <laughs> but how, how can we move forward in a, in a cooperative way? Yeah, so, okay, I will put my, now I'm putting my economics hat on. <laughs> Here comes this degree. So there's a good <laughs> book that was, that was written called Winners Take All. Um, I can't remember what his last name is, but uh, uh, his name is Anad. Uh, I'm going to kill his name, but everybody look at it. So the idea behind this, what, unfortunately, in a capitalist society, it's about capital, right? And what we've got to decide is we have to, re we've done this continually through the evolution of the United States. And people always think, we think highly of ourselves in the United States, but you know, we've been here a blink of the eye compared to most other countries that have ran the world. And we've only done this. We've only been the number one superpower for 80, 90 years. That's it. You know, Rome, Ethiopia, Egypt. I mean, they were there for hundreds and hundreds of years. So we're a blink of the eye. We're not that fascinating. Not that, but one of the things that we've done to ourselves, just like we've done health-wise, is we've made a system which is unfair and doesn't work. So... When we talk about, I can, I can come up with ways to fix an individual and help individuals. Now to go up to the point to talk about how we can fix systems is a different thing. And so when we think of systems, here's one thing that should be obvious to everybody. And that is that Jeff Bezos shouldn't be worth a trillion dollars. <laughs> so let's put it, so what, that, what does that mean? Is that contrary to what everybody believes, 
you don't pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Everybody leverages their past to make their future. And when I say their past, past, what we have to understand is that past, Jeff Bezos' past, is just as much yours and mine than it is his, because he stands on the shoulders of creating a company that used that information that wasn't his, right? So this is, this is gonna be sound strange. So the whole idea of looking at the way the system is supposed to set up in the United States, and I, I implore people to really understand how the United States and systems is supposed to set up. We have a system of patents and trademarks. And so most of the drugs and patents that are made for drugs and for things like um, Amazon and came out of ideas that came out of colleges. So Stanford with Google, um, uh, University of Indiana with broadcast.com, which is you know, Mark Cuban's company. All these things came out of publicly funded, even companies that were, colleges that were publicly funded. And the idea used to be, before they changed trademark law, and that happened around Reagan's time, to where you, the people, own the piece of that patent. So if Amazon.com use all these things to make a patent that they got from the public, then we own part of that and we own, we got that money back to the universities, which then is supposed to be filtered out through the community, through, through, through everybody else to make things more fair. We went from there to instead going to a taxation system to tax these people more and more and more. That worked, okay. So, if, but then when I say that worked, it got the money, spread the money at least. Now, the government spend the money well? Hell no, they did not. So it's, that's different. But at least it got that money going different places. Then we got rid of the ability to tax them. So what did we invent in ourselves? We are able now to set up a system to where people could leverage the public's ownership of treasure, the public's ownership of knowledge, and the public's ownership of, of infrastructure that the public paid for, for their own wealth, and didn't have to pay for it. And so now what we're able to do, and that's the way you explain and, and it's, it's, and I'm not against people making money. That's the way you can explain this over the last 20, 30 years, this big difference of having more than 80, what I, I think these are crazy numbers. I think it's 80% of the wealth being owned by less than 5% of the population. It may be even less than that. Um, 80, wealth of everything, you know, that's, that doesn't make any sense. And we, we used to, you know, we used to always talk about this. We talked about Illuminati and all these other kind of things that we used to make books about, right? But now we're seeing it happen in front of ourselves. And the question is, how do you get out of this? If it takes money, then we only have a choice. We either have to destroy the capitalist system, which I am not for, 
or to have people pay not their, I hate to say, not their fair amount, but the amount that we need. <laughs> so that's what I say. It has nothing to do with being fair anymore. We're past that point. It's like, what do we need to keep going? What do we need to exist? What do we need to fix the things that we need? Even to the point of we want to make things um, easier to compete. You know, we, we, it's, it's, again, it's like studying cancer. It really is. It's, I mean, that's what it's people just, if you, scientists are great because we've been looking at these things and failing miserably, but we've been looking at these things like cancer and understanding what we had to do to fix cancer. We're sitting in culturally or governmentally or whatever we want to call it at the point that the, the, our way of life has cancer. And so how do we fix it? How do we fix it? Yeah, I want to say deuterium depletion is part of it, but only part of it, right? Because I can give you more energy, but if you, and to make you think better, but then we have to go to the next part of actually properly teaching people how to critically think. And people say, well, what is that? I mean, critically think. And most people haven't the faintest idea how to critically think. And you do that very well. And that is always question authority, always question the knowledge, the people, the things they tell you is knowledge because knowledge is not wisdom and wisdom is what we want to go for. That's nirvana. Wisdom is the ability to use knowledge appropriately. Mm. We've lost that ability. There's every day billions and billions of, it's of bytes. I mean, I think they were saying that there's more book every day on the internet. There are more books written that it, in one day that's in the Library of Congress, every day. So there's enough knowledge out there, man. There's knowledge, but there's no wisdom. What do you do with it? How do you do it? Because people don't know how to think their way through and how to understand the difference between information, right? Do you say information is power? No, it's not anymore. Information, and what that means is everything that you see is not necessarily real. And that's what you question. I love how you question those things. And I have no problem with it. You know, question authority, question if COVID is true, question all these things, then get more information and critically think your way through it. And then that's where you're gonna have to use experience and people that are trained and have trusted people too, which, and then to understand how to use that knowledge at the right time in the right way to make it wisdom. And we'll get out of this once we're wise. We will get out of it. Everybody remains, remembers the story of King Solomon, right? And if you don't, King Solomon was the richest man that's ever lived. I think Bezos may pass him, but that's okay. So, but he was the richest man that ever lived, an African uh, king of Egypt. And he owned all the gold mines. And one day, they, uh, uh, two people came up to him and, in court, and they were arguing over a baby. And one woman said it was her baby. The other person said it was her baby. And so King Solomon said, I tell you what I'm going to do. Let's make it equal. Let's cut the baby in half. And I'll give you half and I'll give you half. And one woman said, that's good. And he understood from that. He had the wisdom to understand who the real mother was. That was a mother who was willing to give up her child for the child's sake, for the health of the child. That's what those King Solomons now and willing to give up something that we have to make our babies whole 
and healthy. Very beautifully said. I, I end up thinking a lot of things <laughs> when you're when you're speaking. The first is like, yeah, the systems again, like you're familiar with the Rockefellers and the banking system, you know, school with them. <laughs> oh, really? Well, yeah. when, you know, I heard, uh, I forget, can't remember when, but the first time that they, they instituted the banking system or whatever, they got run out of town because of the, the interest. And so the way that the money's being funneled, and it's even more, I think it's 5% on 90% of the wealth because it's, it's the Bezos is it's, it's beyond even Bezos is people you're, you don't even have on the yeah. richest 100 and then they keep that money. And so, you know, money is not necessarily bad, but the system that we have is inverting it. So, so many people are poor, like 9.1. That's what literally I couldn't understand as a kid because I only had two channels growing up. And one of them <laughs> repeatedly showed me people starving to death. <laughs> and it broke my heart. And I couldn't understand how so many, I could have so much. And these people were starving to death. I was like, there's many multimillionaires. I was like, why don't like a hundred multimillionaires get together chip in a, a million bucks each because they're going to keep making more. And then they give, I was like, rice can't be that much money. And so I've already solved it in my mind why this has happened. But then, you know, you look at how countries are suppressed and like the confessions of an economic hitman going in, um, destroying the country, stealing the resources. And these are the systems and powers that we have in place. Um, and, and it's really, really frustrating to observe. And even in the States, you know, it's the Declaration of Independence is awesome. The States has done a lot of great things. And, and I think overall, not to go into my conspiracy stuff, but uh, <laughs> it looks like the States is being attacked right now, you know, in, in my view from, from different things I'm piecing together. And when I look at it, you need to crash the economy, right? So now, now you've got 40 million people uh, unemployed and it's really um, – challenging for a lot of people because they're experiencing pain they're losing money um but when we look at these financial systems they're not they're not helping anybody at the bottom and you know the minority in the blm movement like i said i'm for a lot of the philosophies there maybe not the antifa and some of the other stuff going on um but you look at that system they don't have the opportunity to grow but then you go to africa you go to these other countries they don't they don't have enough money to to eat and they have no opportunity for growth. So what's, what's happening here uh, system, systematically where we're either not looking at it as, uh, as systems that have the ability to do something and something must be oppressing that. And so how do we get those people, those, you know, wherever it is in the world, the things that they need to thrive, right? Okay. Everybody, the things that we need. And the nice thing too, actually, I think you mentioned this a little bit before is, uh, you know, we're realizing we don't need that much. We need food, water, shelter. We realize our money goes away pretty quick. Um, what do we need to live a great life? We don't need to have all of the all of the bonuses. And if the people that are really at the tip of the spear, the one percent with billions and billions, and if you visualize a billion dollars versus a million, it's like let's cap people off at a billion. <laughs> Like, right. Let's cap them off at a billion. If a billion isn't enough for you, and I'm all for. Um, uh, capitalism but if you make a billion you win you've won <laughs> capitalism it's you just you know then it goes to ownership and power and then you look through history about ownership and power and now we're playing a little bit of a different game and i've studied oligarchs and and things like that and so that's what i'm curious about these world systems and so that's just a bit of a rant what do you think you're gonna chime in no, no oh yeah i love it i love it man because again this is like barbershop talk i have to laugh so Here's one. Here's another little ditty that you, your 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 audience is gonna love. If we use ten percent of Jeff Bezos's money, ten percent, right? You could solve 
all you could feed everybody in the world <laughs> and you could get and you could and you could actually to solve almost every disease in the world. how about that this is already this is a fact a fact you could feed everybody in the world so so your argument is spot on uh, that's for one thing that is definitely one thing now what's going i am and one of the things i don't know if your audience said is i'm not only the scientific director of uh, uh, of the Center for Deuterium Depletion, but I'm also their futurist. Uh, and people say, well, what is a futurist? Th that means that when I think about things, I actually think of things from the idea of what it's going to be in 50 or 60 years. And that's really where my mind is. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's just, that's the way I operate. And so I see things that's gonna happen in the, in the future. Um, again, a lot of things that you talk about, being spiritual, being one with the world, those are things I've been working on my entire life. And it's come with benefits. And I can't say that it's, I, I can't say why it's happened for me, but I'm glad it has, right? And there's, features, there's quite a few features around. But here's what's going to, we have an incredible opportunity coming out of this COVID lockdown, the pandemic of COVID, the pandemic of, of, of structural racism and the, the pandemic of independence or loss of independence. I think those are the three pandemics that we have happening at the same time. However, I am very happy because it seems like at least the pandemic of racism, which I think, or structural racism, is something that will help the other two. I really believe that. Now, what will end up happening as a futurist when this, when, this, when this occurs. So by freeing up um, African-Americans, Latino-Americans, and Native Americans, where there's a big movement actually right now for people of Afro, Latino Afri African heritage uh, to understand their blackness. It's been something that's been hidden from them. Most people don't understand that when slavery, that people think the United States was number one in slavery. That we had, we had 450,000 450, slaves in the United States. Only 5% of all the slaves came to America, came to the United States. Most of them went to South America, went to the Caribbean and other places, with Portugal being the leader of of the slave uh, movement. What is happening is this understanding and this appreciation for all of your ancestry uh, mix in a, is becoming something that people are loving. What that's going to happen there is by doing this and freeing up money and potential of of, uh, of people of African heritage in different places. They all are going to then have this healing is also going out between Africa and those people because there's been a big injury there because even slavery was perpetuated or allowed by systems that existed in Africa at the time because those are the people that were allowing those countries to buy slaves. So this is injury that's being healed. It's amazing to see how it asked your audience. They can go back and just look and see what's going on. But here's what's going to happen so cool with this, Matt. So what we're going to see is that as this 
healing takes place, you're going to see a lot of the investments and a lot of the travel start to go back to Africa and people investing in Africa, black people, people of African heritage investing in their motherland, not just their motherland. People have to understand Africa is the motherland. It's where everybody came from, but okay, let's just call it the, the, the blacks. Okay, fine, let's just leave it there. But by doing that, and if we do that, that means all those things, those systems that made these Africans poor for all these centuries will be healed. In addition, what that's going to mean is a country like China, and your audience should understand that right now, China is buying up Africa in places like the Congo, places like Nigeria. They're literally buying because Africa has all of the resources in the world. <laughs> it's, there's more gold, there's more silver, there's more platinum, there's more tin, there's more everything in Africa and things um, that we can't find any place. Not talking about vibranium, by the way. So not Black Panthers. So get <laughs> That'd be so cool, man. Vibranium. But that's going to happen. And that, what that's going to mean? That means that China, this is just the biggest fight that's by this administration, God bless them. The biggest mistake we've done is we've taken our presence out of Africa. And that's what people don't understand. We were always talking about the presence in China, you know, the things we're fighting in Russia. And fight. one of our biggest things has been for the last forever is having a presence in Africa to compete with different countries for the wealth of Africa for the wealth of Brazil. We, this administration that didn't want to do that, and we've given Africa to China. And so that's what's making them strong. That, you know, they can't, I, again, they, are, so if we can, what I'm going to, in the future, I'm going to say, if we come out of this, what we're going to see is that Africa will become stronger, and then that population, that 50% of that starving population that we see worldwide, it's really gonna go away. It's, it's gonna be solved because they'll have the money and the power and resources to be the continent they wanna be. And I think about I don't, people that I just don't even, I remember being in college and somebody didn't understand why Africa couldn't make it. And I try to tell, it make people understand, suppose tomorrow, or for the next hundred years, that people came to the United States and took 50 to 60% of your population away. And the people they took were the strongest and brightest, and most people, they wanted workers. What would the United States look like 400 years later? Yeah. That's what Africa is. It's amazing that they've done this much, but they lost that much of their population, that much of their brain drain was gone. And so now they're gonna recover that by this, this world understanding of first people of the uh, black, uh, the African uh, diaspora or, 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 or heritage. But then the next step will be everybody understanding, everybody understanding that that really is, the, is where that's where we're all from. And if we, we can't heal ourselves until we heal 
where we're all from. And once that happens, just think all the gold, all the tin, all the silver, all the stuff you want is there for the taking for people that have always been willing to share, which has always been their problem. They've always been just like Native Americans, all understanding that this is not owned by us, but owned by us, right? It's, 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 it's that concept of ownership is something that they didn't have. So I think that's what I see the good things coming out of it. If we don't go for the okie doke and to be fooled by people in power, just like fooling people with their health, that the symptoms are the problem and not the cause. They're not the cause of the problem. So we can always go after symptoms of saying Antifa or this or that, let's get rid of them, but we won't need Antifa or all those things. They lose their power if there's nothing friggin' for them to argue about. And that's what it's like, it's, stop, you know, because we, and, and we have to be smart enough. We have to be critical thinkers to be able not to be fooled or not to get the okie doke from those in power and the people that want to keep the systems as they are and, and are being paid to keep the systems to where they are because they don't have power, but they have the, again, they're not the owners of the systems, but they're the operators of the system. And just like the um, people in the fields with slaves that beat the slaves, they're the people that are beating us as people. And we have got to overcome the overseers before we can beat the system. And we all know who the overseers are. We, you know, we can all argue over it, but they're all overseers. And <laughs> it's like, you just have your favorite one, whether it's this group or that group, they're there trying to fix symptoms. Everybody, please search for people that are trying to fix the system. That's who we need. That's who our saviors, that's who I want to bet on. The people that want to explain to me how the system works and explain to me how fixing the system will work. Um, and then we can critically think our way through it. And I do believe, again, that there are enough young people who are going to do it. Mitch Bayard, it is happening. I got, these, guys, these kids, they're, they're going to make it happen. And I want to see it happen, my God, without bloodshed, because the system will do everything it can to live. It's like cancer. Again, cancer will kill you to live. It will kill your body so that cell can multiply. And this is a cancer. So the system, the owner of the system, will kill the body to maintain itself. So again, Center for Deuterium Depletion, we understand both sides of it. Well, yeah, I absolutely agree with that. And I feel like it's, you got to get to the root cause and you explained it perfectly at the end. It's a, it's a system. You ever heard the word egregor before? No, explain it to me. So egregor is like the spirit of something. So let's say mm. Coca-Cola, 
this the egregor is the spirit and so these systems whether it's political whether it's banking or financial they've become this this spirit of what it represents and that yes. thing wants to live and so that system and everybody who's a part of it that's their survival so they're just gonna do these things and money is so easily uh you know corrupts people so easily and they need to live and provide for their family and do all that kind of thing so they might not even necessarily be evil or bad people but they don't have another option and so it just keeps Keeps perpetuating so you take one thing out and, and a person will change or um, something will happen happen to keep it going and so the way that I kind of see it going is I've seen the plan the negative plan it's public <laughs> you know Rockefeller's future scenarios yeah. document strategic intelligence world economic form that's how I know all this stuff because it's public documents you can find it <laughs> out and you can look at interviews from CIA people in K- XKGB from the 80s saying what's happening and yeah. so maybe it's for a good thing I don't know that would be nice <laughs> And we need to build the new system that makes the old one obsolete. So yes. uh, Bitcoin was, was, was something trying to solve a problem. You know, in Africa, it's all about the resources. And so if China's going there, right, it's like, oh, that's not good. Because, you know, they bought up a lot of Canada. And Canada's, yeah. you know, what we're doing policy-wise with, with China is not ideal. And when I, you know a little bit about China and I know a little bit about China, not a place that I want to live in because I don't want to live under communism and the rules they have and, and have people go to jail and, and do all kinds of sketchy stuff. You know, that's an, another system that is not ideal. And so what is the solution and can we band together? All we need is one person that has a good idea and we can rally around them and support them as individuals with our time, with our energy, with our money, with our share, things like that. And so that's what we need. We need people to champion solutions and and then we can build them together. And I feel like this will give people the energy and the fire once they see something that's legit based on values. You know what I mean? And you could like with someone like you, you know, if you were running for president, be like, I vote for that guy. You know what I mean? And I was like, you know, you can, you can look at the history, you know, of, of what they've done. You can look at the history of people. Like, were they a good person? Were they, uh, were they, dedicated to helping other people or did they seem like a shady son of a gun and why do so many people in power when you look them up i was like that seems like a shady person right i don't ex- it's a why don't we tr- well why don't i trust my sis- systems because it's a bunch of shady people that continue to lie and do shady things you know it's like, so so what's the solution here um but is there i i've really enjoyed this talk I, i'll have you back on the show whenever you want is there anything that you wish that I had asked or that you want to talk about before we close it up? Well, you know, again, we talked about the intersection between science and, and the world. And, you know, the, and again, I want, I guess the, the, there's nothing more, you know, the, the, here's what I would like to, the last one, I want to get back to the idea of deterring depletion, but also the idea of, injury, right? That, that the things you're talking about, I mean, these are things that hurt us, right? All these thoughts, you, you can, we, when I talk, talk to patients, I talk about the things we consume. We consume water, we consume food, but we consume thoughts, we consume emotions. And these are the things, and you are what you eat, right? And that's what makes you that person. Now, in, here, we use those things, those consumption things, to be able to design a lifestyle that's gonna make you healthier. And what you're talking about is the same approach to where we're going to understand all the things that interest as a society and then find ways to deplete 
those things that interest. So we don't consume them. And I mean, you know, me, you, you, I love how you think it's, you know, media, what is media doing? You know, we have all these things, we put systems in place that we had here for both in Canada and the United States that we had here to protect us from what we're going through right now, where media couldn't be owned by one group to where there was all these laws and where one person couldn't have all the toys and all the money. Where, because that was the idea to strengthen the body and not the cancer. So I guess the biggest thing is that one thing that we really are focusing on right now at the center is not only fixing the physical part of the person, which we can do, but also fixing the emotional and spiritual part of that person, which still is related to the amounts of deterioration that you have. So I truly, I mean, I'm not kidding when I tell her this is number one, not because we're going to get million, be millionaires. We're not going to be millionaires off of this, folks. We're just, it's like telling you water's wet. You know, that's, this, is, this, isn't, this isn't tough. You know, we're just trying to put you out there. And if we can get this to people and show people the right way to use it, because there are wrong ways to use it, right? You, more is not better all the time. More can get you sicker. But if we can go through these protocols, because one of the things, that's one thing we didn't talk about. Here's what we really do. We take all of this data and we build a portal. So this data takes all of the best practices. So how to get better clinical outcomes, for instance, if you have cancer. So we know all the things it says from the point of what movies you watch, what kind of friends you have. And I know it sounds silly, but there's been thousands and thousands of papers written on this, what works, what doesn't work. We've now put this in a database and what we're able to do is then sit down with that person and talk about all the things that's going on in their life. And even first we fix, mitigate their cancer from growing. We stop that from growing, but it's not enough to mitigate the cancer. It's not enough to keep the person from not dying of cancer because you want them to have a better life after the cancer's gone, right? So that's really the whole thing. So we use this approach to deterioration depletion, not only to stop the cancer, the diabetes, or the aging, but to give yourself, as you say, more potential to be, you know, to reach that, that singularity moment. To, to, that's what I want for everybody, to just once feel what you felt, to once feel one with the world and go, because once you get that taste, then they can't lie to you anymore because you know that that's the most important thing. That search for nirvana or knowledge or wisdom is what's going, with gratitude, is what's going to keep you well and keep you healthy and keep you happy. And you won't get the old rope-a-dope looking at that pyrite, right? Fake gold. Mm -hmm. And that's unfortunately what we've been going through right now with different groups offering us fake gold. And I just want people to be able to understand the difference between real gold and fake gold. Absolutely. So if somebody wants to go through this process, what do they yeah. do? Do they go to the website? I want to go through yeah. it. Go yeah. So, <laughs> I want to get, I want to so that sounds good to me. <laughs> what we're going to do is, um, and we'll have it up tomorrow, go to energy 
energyforbetteryou.com. I just made this just for you. Energy for energy, spelled just the way, energyforbetteryou.com. And it's a page that will help you understand and sign up to get a free consult. They'll go through a consult to, to make sure you understand what this is. Then you can then go to a consult depending on, and we'll go through to find out if it's a wellness or if you have a health problem or if you have cancer or if you want to use this for athletic performance. Then we can start from there and then you can meet with the doctor or a trainer or whatever to get you on the right path to get the right understanding the right systems. And there is nothing that I, I will say there is nothing better than this. And again, I've done it all, right? There is this easy because it's using a combination of mind, body, spirit, and also standard of care intelligently to get you where you want to be. Amazing. That sounds awesome. Well, I'm definitely interested. I'm going to check it out. I have to get you uh, connected to my friend, Dr. Bear Lando. I'd love to see that conversation. He's a amazing guy. So, you know, he, he's a doctor and incredibly smart. Um, so I like it when two really intelligent people have the conversation because they can go deeper and, uh, I'll definitely get you connected to him. So, Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for your work and, and your words. I definitely agree with, with everything that you're sharing. And, and for me, when I look at the world and I see the systems as they are, it's frustrating and, and hope and pray for solutions. And you're somebody who is doing that and also promoting that. And I feel like, you know, I'm hopeful for your futurist idea of, of the positive outcome. And that would be amazing. You know, Africa needs to be, people need to be freed. You know, yes. Africa needs to be freed from, countries come i didn't know china was buying it up they china's influenced canada bought up a lot of our real estate um and that's a system a coming yes. like a like a cancer system coming in that is just not harmonious with life around it it's not harmonious to the land it's not harmonious to the people um you know same with the native american way of living like they were harmonious and they 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 lived on the land and understood all that stuff. And there's a lot of amazing wisdom there. And I'm sure the same in Africa, you know, I don't know that too much about that ancient history, but yeah, I've heard it before. Like it's the cradle of civilization and there's this ancient wisdom. Um, But when we get connected to that lineage and we don't know it from our grandparents or whatever, right. You go through, you know, you're 60 something, there's a lot of knowledge and wisdom there, but our young people aren't, we're not connected. in that way so we're losing all of this information and then where do we do we go to an artificial world that is designed to manipulate our brains and our actions yes so that's what's happening in the world this is very manipulated chaotic world that's not based on values that's not based on cooperation that's not based on kindness it's not based and it's not sustainable and so (laughs) it is cancerous and you're we're experiencing that as a collective and ideally it can shake us back and forth and we need leaders to be promoted. And ideally, you know, a lot of the censorship is going on, but you know, people like you and other great leaders saying, Hey, look, like these are, this is what we know. This is the truth. This is a value-based system that we can build that. And when you see the truth and something that's harmonious and makes sense, you can move that way. And it just, you don't need propaganda. You don't need uh, fancy sales. It's just, you know, it works It's cooperative and people can get on board. So, um, just thanks a lot for what you're doing, man. Thanks for coming on. Is there anything else that you'd like to share? No, I love you, brother. I really appreciate it, man. Oh, cool, man. Love you too. I appreciate it. Um, well, we'll stay in touch. Um, thanks again. And so it's uh, energyforabetteryou.com. That's where should, they should go. 
Yes. And what about other news and some of your information? I'm sure you've got a lot of other stuff out there, articles, things like that. Yeah, well, there's, we've published over 100 articles. There's articles, um, you know, there's videos, there's podcasts. I mean, I've, we've been in China three, four times, spoken all over the world, probably 30 different times. So again, we're overnight successes after 30 years. So that's, that's it. <laughs> Amazing. Well, thanks for coming on the show. I definitely uh, encourage people to check out more of your interviews and work, dive a little deeper and uh, be the change. So thanks so much for coming on, man. I appreciate it. Thanks, Matt. Okay. See you guys. Peace. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen, the absolutely phenomenal Dr. Q Collins. I hope that you enjoyed that show. And if you did, please share it on your social media. Tag me, Facebook, Instagram, wherever you are in the world. Leave an awesome review in iTunes. That helps immensely as well. You can go become a patron if you go to patreon.com forward slash Matt Belair. Uh, join the academy get access to the soul compass course mattbelair.com and uh, just click on the academy and also check out dr q's work if you go to ddcenters.com forward slash zen athlete he's got a free consultation for you guys waiting to help you out and if you're interested go over there to find more information so thank you guys for listening i appreciate all of my patrons, everybody who shares and supports and listens. I hope that this show is helpful and encouraging, inspirational and educational, empowering you in your life. Um, sending you all of my love, well wishes, energy, positive vibes to the airwaves. And uh, let's just wrap this up by coming into a state of peace and coherence. Wherever you are in the world, just stop what you're doing. Take in a deep breath in through your nose. Hold that breath. And let it out slowly, filling every cell, muscle, and fiber of your being with peace, joy, empowerment, connection, courage, and ready to take on the rest of the day. So thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode.